Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. And onwards to 2 Samuel. This is the first of the second books of couplets of books in Bible book that is a book and is also a book, but the second one, first of the many seconds. I do hope you're following, because we will need your attention here, as a fuck of a lot is about to happen with this one, and we will be jumping all over the place. Look, right, it's going to get confusing, okay? Now... After Saul dies, remember, yeah, good stuff, David, King David, returns home from a fight. When he's there, he doesn't yet know that Saul has died, but we're about to change all that. A guy comes running up to David, proper out of breath, and tells him that Saul is dead. This guy is the armor bearer from previously. The armor bearer says that he killed Saul. Admittedly, according to the story of Saul's death that we read together, this very same armor-bearer categorically said he would not kill Saul. To avoid being in this exact situation, and as a result, right, Saul killed himself. I'm not making this up, am I? Right, But, okay, not to worry. No, to, to worry a bit, right? This armor bearer is saying that he killed Saul, like at Saul's request, but that he killed Saul. He definitely didn't because he knew he would have to answer to David. So, so the very, right, listen. Okay, we're gonna try and move past this. We've a lot to get through and we can't get stuck on the first fucking sentence. Right, now once more, Bible is just punishing us for keeping track of what's being said by retconning the shit out of itself. Right, but this bearer, he has the crown and gives it to David, who, incidentally, is a wreck. Like, proper grief-stricken for the death of this, of his kind of enemy, Saul. In response to being given Saul's crown, David literally kills the messenger. The armor-bearer, who was just following orders and killed Saul only because Saul told him to, I mean, I'm certain that he refused and Saul killed himself, but the AB is telling David he followed orders and as a result angers David, who kills him, David kills him. David then does a poem about Saul, which includes the line, How the mighty have fallen. So, that's where that phrase comes from. It it was always going to be Bible or Mark Twain, wasn't it? Dave asks God if he should go to Judah, and God says, Sure, why the hell not? And Dave, with his double wives, goes and gets anointed. I think, if you're keeping track, this is the third time so far that he has been made king. Now we have a fight for... I missed the reason, to be honest, but fight is happening. In fact, loads of people start fighting. Like, all the tribes of Israel seem to be fighting each other until a trumpet sounds. As we have been taught from a young age, hear a trumpet, stop the smack. Now... Even though the fighting stops, it's important to remember that the house of Saul, dead, and the house of David, thrice king, are beefing. So David decides to have six sons, whose names are Amnon, Kiliab, Absalom, Adanijah, Shephatiah, Ephraim. Don't mind saying right here that A, go right ahead and assume I've just mispronounced all of those names, and B, Absalom is the fucking worst and will be an 
utter nightmare a bit later. Right, Saul v Dave battle. Everyone pretty much knows the House of David will end up winning and people keep trying to get all the Israelites to settle down, calm their passions and just get along. Agreements are made, sneaky trades are made, something about wives being swapped. I think in the middle of all this, a couple of Israelites all throw their car keys into a bowl and just have at it or something. Then, like a lot of this one, I might have got wrong. Okay, I, I listened to it really intently and I read it and everything, but... You can't have this much excitement mixed with this much boredom without missing a bit or two, so please bear with me, okay? Right, there's a guy called Abner that sneakily gets killed, and at first people are like, did David kill that dude? I liked him. But David finds out this mystery man is dead and damns the murderers, invents a new fast in honour of the dead, whoever this fellow was, but this makes everyone chill out and think, you wouldn't fast if you did the deed. So Dave must be chill and we're cool to follow him still. Let's check in with Dead Saul's people. Actually, let's walk away from that as there's nothing going on except a disabled five-year-old and some stomachs being stabbed. Yeah, it's not pretty over at Saul's place. Let's see how David is getting along. Ah, well, Dave is doing a whole speech about how he should 100% definitely shoot the messenger. Okay, so Dave Camp angry, Saul Camp mental. What's going on with the tribes of Israel? Finally, some happy news. The tribes are speaking to Sir David, saying, Mate, you are so much doper than Saul ever was. We absolutely adore you, the utter, absolute, definite most. And now, you'll never guess what happens. David becomes king, again, fourth time, boss. And how do we think Dave's going to celebrate this? <laughs> Why, with a war, of course. And the spoils of this particular war include a city that David thinks is so nice that he lends his name to it. We now have the City of David. So all things are coming up Davy Dave Kingboy right now. He has mad poons, shitloads of kids, God filling and shining down on him. Everything is all Good. I wonder if David will somehow manage to piss off God and get damned and told off and everything will end up turning to shit. Your friends and mine, the Philistines, come knocking about just after a rug. And David, being a good boy, asks God if he's allowed to fight them. Please God, can I please go out and play? I have done all my homework, eaten up all my greens, been being a good king. And I really, 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 really want to do some fighting and killing. Okay, champ, you get out there and show them what for. God then rustles David's hair, and needless to say, the Philistines get fucked. Things keep getting good for David, and he has like 30,000 men in his army or something, all hanging on his every word, and the bitch speaks a lot. And he brings the Ark of God, which is kind of the same thing as the Ark of Government, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. I think it's ident it is the same thing, right? But he brings the Ark of God to the city of David, and in sheer unbridled joy, dances about the place to the delight of absolutely everyone, apart from one of Saul's daughters, who thinks, in this sort of killjoy way that she has, that this vulgar display is absolutely abhorrent. She tells David this, and David, in a remarkably childish manner, just goes, na 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 God loves me more than your dead dad, who is dead, dead dad, dead dad, dead dad. All go, really. Now, I, I did warn you, 
that it was going to be busy, but it doesn't slow down anytime soon. Are you ready for a possible hint at Jesus? A little bit of biblical foreshadowing? <laughs> well, here goes. David gets sad because whilst he has a house and a city, the Ark of God, which is essentially God's house, is just in a rubbish tent that is rubbish. David wants to build a house for him, but God says, listen, come here, buddy, come here. I do want a house. I haven't asked for one before. I'm going to ask for one, right? I want a house, and I'm going to get a house. But it's not going to be from you. I love you, but it's not going to be from you. You're going to have a long and awesome life, but you're not in charge of making me a house. Your kids, though, they will make me a house. Maybe not your kids now, but your kids, 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 like the, the ancestors, your kids, but your later on kids. One of those will be my son and I'll be his dad. When he acts up, I'll have humans smack him about and hurt him for me, but I will love him. And his name might rhyme with Pleasus Fleist? David then realises that we haven't had a recap of everything that's been written in Bible for a while, so decides to do one, but in the form of poem. And it's a long poem, like really long, doesn't entirely rhyme. It's rubbish. Then right, presumably not a lot happens as we have a sudden flash forward. I say not a lot happens, loads has happened, but it was probably quite dull as Bible decides that we just need it bullet pointed. There's been lots and lots of wars and David has killed pretty much everyone. Victory all over the place, all of the looting and the killing and are we just glossing over the thou shalt not murder thing then? Is that a thing now that, that one of the laws doesn't really count? Or is it like the whole your freedom of speech is protected from the government? Not me, bitch, so shut your idiot mouth, idiot. Is it a thou shalt not kill one of your own unless war kind of deal? Because David, who is one of God's favourites for a bit, he'll no doubt spunk it up soon, but one of God's favourites is always killing and then showing off about how much he has killed. Regardless, I can only assume that God didn't really mean it. So, loot and killing, torture, rape, etc. Basically, David has conquered all of Israel. Weren't they on his side? Look, at some point, we're going to go over each of these episodes with a professional academic, and hopefully, they'll be able to say, Oh, my sweet boy, Greg, you missed huge dreams where it is all explained, and in fact, it's a work of sheer genius, and your simple misunderstood reading of these books, if anything, is damning your very self to hell. And hopefully they won't just go, Craig, it's a silly story, right? Chill out, it's all good. But anyway, right? Israel is conquered by the king of Israel, right? This dangerous, violent warlord who destroys every single group of people who come near him, whether they are a threat or not. This guy is adored. So adored is he, so loved and all called up, that David spends some time searching for someone, anyone, left over from the house of Saul, just so he can like, be cool to them and show all of Israel just how funky and right on he is? Like, jealousy? I don't even know her! And he does, he finds Ziba, right? Ziba who tells him about a fellow with the fucked up legs from before. You remember, we briefly mentioned him for seemingly no reason and quickly moved on. In fact, it was so little reason that I do believe I cut out a whole chunk of this script where we mentioned him. But anyway, there's a guy with fucked legs from the house of Saul, right? Turns out, right, 
he was mentioned earlier because it was a setup for this. Uh, his name, what was it? It was uh, Mithibashafat. Uh, we'll go with that anyway. Feel free to correct me if you wish. Mishi, right, he gets super good treatment, like suspiciously good treatment because I, I guess David feels a bit guilty and wants to prove he's a good guy. But David gets a taste for being nice. So decides that what would be really cool, right? What would make him look even better is if he was nice to a random, like not even a former enemy, but like a foreigner, because we know David hates foreigners. So David sends some guys to a neighboring kingdom to offer condolences for someone's death. They instantly, not being familiar with this new style of leadership that David is trying out, they immediately get suspicious and all antsy. So this, this David guy, right, this monster, who rules by fucking over everyone he can, the murderer's murderer, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, decides that he's gonna be all, I'm sorry about a death, chaps, fancy a hug? Well, fuck to the that. We're not gonna fall for this obvious, obvious trick that's obvious. A man famous for fucking up everyone constantly. A man who has fucked us up on more than one occasion, and we weren't even doing nothing, right? Bollocks, mate. And they get the envoy, they get both of the envoys. The one that was asking on, uh, the one that was passing on David's condolences, right? And they cut half their beards off and expose their bottoms. <laughs> yep, uh, David hears this, gets angry, fucks him up. Next! So far, right. God and David are all sitting in a tree, B-U-M-M-I-N-G, and we all knew he would ruin it. We all knew, sooner or later, he would get God super angry at him, and here we are. David is chilling at home, right? There's wars all over the place, and he's like sent his soldiers over to destroy various groups of people for no adequately explored reason, just because he's a war-mongering fuck. He gets occasional news from them, but for the most part, he's just relaxing and maxing like a champ. He's strolling about his rooftop. On one of these walks, he sees a neighboring rooftop where there's a woman naked taking a bath. It's Uriah, who is the wife of one of David's soldiers currently at war. And David thinks, that lady is wow fit. If only I could sex her at Hang on. I'm the king. I can do whatever I want, so he fucks her, right? She gets instantly pregnant. We have an issue here. Dave babied up the wife of a soldier, which... Not great optics, is it? So he quickly thinks, I know, if I get the soldier here, get him to sex up his fit wife, he can think the baby I made is actually his and all is good in the hood. The soldier dutifully comes home, gets a bit drunk with David, but insists on not having sex with his wife because it would be mean to his fellow soldiers or something, right? Anyway, David realizes this goof isn't gonna bang a smokescreen baby into the wife, so the gig is potentially up. But lo, an idea it does awaken inside David's fucking idiotic brain. If he sends the soldier to the front line on a suicide mission, fella dies, David marries widow, baby is legitimate, no one, no one ever would have an issue with that. Hang, hang on, sorry, sorry, Uriah is the fella's name, not the wife. The wife's name, I think, is Uriah's wife. Anyway, Uriah goes front line and thankfully, whew, dies. The messenger who is asked to tell this to David is scared as by now, thanks to knowledge, 
experience and that massive poem, it's pretty much common knowledge that David loves killing messengers, but he is convinced to tell David that Uriah is dead. David does quite a good job at pretending not to be absolutely delighted, but suspicions are raised by him not murdering the messenger. David then marries dead Uriah's living pregnant wife, and you guessed it, God is most displeased. You know this is the second book of Samuel, and Samuel is long dead, which was inconvenient as Samuel was like a way for God to speak to everyone through prophecy and mystic bullshit. Well, worry not, because there's a character called Nathan who essentially does the exact same role. You see, having written themselves into something half a corner with the premature death of Samuel, the authors of the Bible have tried to pull a fast one by just getting some other guy to do the lines of this character, right? But we shall not be fooled. We'll be fooled a bit. God sends Nathan, not Samuel, Nathan, to David in order to tell him a parable about a sheep and food and the theft and, right, basically it's saying David's a prick. God, in fact, thinks David is such a colossal prick that he damns him. All for the wife thing and that, right? God decides he'll bring calamity down upon David. First, he's going to make David's wife sleep sleep around during the day. <laughs> yeah, mate, your wives are sleeping around because of the magical curse. Nothing to do with you being a bellend. And because David has sinned, God's not going to kill David, but will kill his son, one of his sons, which... It's, it's, it's an odd way to do business, isn't it? The child becomes ill straight away, just thinking, Fuck did I do? And then the child dies. David promptly has sex with his wife again, one of them. She becomes pregnant again, gives birth to Solomon, and God is caught with Solomon, so that's that bit of punishment dealt with, right? And I, right, I don't want to sound uncaring, but was the damning only good for killing one child? Because is that, is that it? Because he's got loads and the ability to make more. It just doesn't sound too bad, does it? Let's get dark, because this is, after all, Bible. Time passes. One of David's son, a chapter called Amnon, he's in love with his sister, Tamar. Well, it, it says he's in love, based on what this story does. I think it's fair to say that there's no love in his dad. He just wants to fuck his sister. His plan is elaborate and starts with him pretending to be ill so he can eat bread from his sister's hands. God obviously showing his hand of being a little bit aroused by bread. Bread is a more important part of Bible than I was prepared for. But yeah, bread, sister's hand, hot. Things take a turn when it goes from bread eating to trying to force his sister to have sex with him to just raping her. After the attack, Amnon instantly hates her for fuck knows what reason, right? And that's the story. We now jump about two years into the future and there's a sheep shearing party. I know. I apologise for any whiplash that last transition gave you. Amnon goes to the sheep shearing party because the rapist loves shearing sheep. And the plan is to get him drunk and then murder him for the rape of his sister. David is told about this and he's all angry and sad. So angry and sad is David that he tears his clothes. Uh, next up, we meet a lying woman, but I can't be bothered with her story. Basically, imagine Cain and Abel, but lies and the king being angry and all that bullshit. Right, let's get to Absalom, the absolute worst. Absalom works for the king, being all in charge of vetting, but secretly he wants to usurp David and be king all himself. And you know what? A fair few people agree with him. David, learning of this, does the least David thing ever and just buggers off. 
him, a foreigner, and the Ark of the Covenant. There must be a children's story in there at some point, right? I like the idea of the Ark of the Covenant being like a naughty dog that follows around and means well, but keeps pissing on people, but its piss is God's fire, so destroys buildings and people and all. This is a great idea! Right, anyway, right. Their prop's running up a hill until Dave gets the Ark. This is... This is now a dog, right? This is a dog in my head and in yours. He gets the Ark and tells the Ark of God, the Ark of the Government, to go back to the city. If God wants David to see it again, ace. If it's not God's will, then whatever. It's all it's all fine. So David just goes like, go on, go on, boy, go, go home. And the Ark of the Covenant is there going, and everyone's happy. David successfully up a hill, Mount Olive's in it, right? He sends a spy to the city to just mess with Absalom. David's kind of happy up the hill because there's wine and cookies and donkeys and cake, pretty rad. And up that hill, David keeps meeting people. And now, in his old age and distance from God, he's got proper chill. He's just hanging out. He just meets he meets one guy, though, who starts throwing excrement at him, uh, just calling David a little bitch and anything like that. But anyway, David doesn't kill him, and we just move on from that. Now, there's a plan to kill David in place, but Absalom... Absalom, who wants David dead, right? He wants to be the new leader, which I thought he already was. Anyway, right, the plan is going on, and Absalom wants to be definitely sure that the plan will work, so sensibly gets a second opinion. Turns out that David must die, that's a great idea, but the original plan would have been terrible. I've no idea what specifics of that original plan would have been awful, and I'm guessing it was lame and long and boring, and that's why I didn't read about it. Regardless, dear listener, the thing is, God wants Absalom to fail in killing David, as presumably God has calmed down a little bit and loves David again. Well, a fight starts. This is the new plan. Right, the new plan that people were so excited about, fighting. Right, yada yada yada, Israel v David and some randos that David found. Fight, 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 all pretty standard till Absalom gets his hair caught in a tree, his donkey rides off and he's left hanging from his hair like a goddamn piñata. No one wants to kill the prone Abbey though, because he is David's son. So, yeah. Oh, if it wasn't clear, right, Absalom, one of uh, the one of David's sons. Remember from earlier? Anyway, Joab turns up and goes, don't fret, guys, I'm all over this. Stabby, stabby, kill, kill, death. To Absalom, messenger informs David, who is then sad. So, with Absalom dead, the Israelites are all of a sudden competing to show who loved David the most. Everyone throws Abby under the goddamn bus instantly, and there's people with donkeys and confusion, and some intestines fall out, and concubines are not having sex, and there's a troublemaker who loses their head and trumpets all over the fucking shop. So now David has to die, you know, just of old age. David's about to die, just before he does. God throws a famine at everyone because Saul was a prick, remember him? Seven of Saul's relatives are killed, which easily fixes the famine. David is now ready to die, does a poem about rocks and ends with saying God's pretty neat, then dead. Holy shit, that was a lot. Still with me? Still, still with me. Marvellous. So what's up next? Oh, it's the goddamn kings. Right, let's crack on with this. Thank you for listening to A Better Bible. Now we need you to spread the word. Rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Follow the Twitter in the episode description and let us know how we changed your life, why you love us, how you need us. Share this with the world. Evangelize like a bastard. <laughs> you stupid.